This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. Good morning. You're listening to The Carl Miller Show. I'm your host, Carl Miller, broker and owner of Carl Miller Realty, LLC, located at 7700 Timberlake Road, next to the corner of Timberlake and Oakwood Drive. Today, we're talking about the Lynchburg Association of Realtors' recent third quarter market report. In the second half of our show, we'll touch on what to do if your home inspection report reveals surprises you were not expecting in the process of buying or selling your home. And I'll share a personal story and remind everyone of an important action step to take before the holidays. I want to thank this month's sponsor, Central Virginia Flooring, a local family-owned business located at 7621 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg, next door to Harbor Freight Tools. Stop by their showroom today to view their large inventory of in-stock materials, including luxury vinyl plank flooring. Open Monday through Friday and weekends by appointment. Contact them at 434-439-4140. Let Central Virginia Flooring be your guide to beautiful new flooring in your home. Hope to have owner Nick Baker join us soon to talk a little bit more about flooring trends and how they specifically serve their customers. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. Today's featured listing is a log home. Located in Amherst County on five acres, just 12 minutes to downtown Lynchburg, this beautiful, well-insulated home features 2,800 square feet and has a vaulted living room ceiling, a wood stove, nice hardwood floors, and features two main-level bedrooms with a spacious master suite in the loft. This home also has an oversized four-car workshop and detached garage. It's 50 feet long, actually, with high ceilings, and it's fully set up for a hobby mechanic or handyman. This is an amazing shop. There's a fenced yard. There's a chicken house. There's a nice storage shed with electricity and there's plenty of outdoor lounge areas from the covered front porch to the oversized side deck deck to the back deck overlooking the secluded lot. This log cabin just went on the market this week for $350,000 and it is truly a fantastic property. Today, Zena King joins us. Zena is our listing coordinator and license agent with Carl Miller Realty. Zena joined us was it 2018, Zena? It was 2019 in two- January. Okay, 2019, yep. January. It seems like longer than that. Coming you- on two years. <laughs> Zena is an amazing assistant. She's our she's our just a fantastic person in our office serving our clients. Her and her husband reside in Lynchburg, and I'm so happy you joined us today, Zena. Before we dive into the content today, what, what attracted you to the real estate? Um, I love the idea of not being tied to a desk all day, and I yeah. felt like real estate was a great avenue to do that. Um, and since being in real estate, I found I really enjoy helping first-time home buyers specifically. Right. Um, it's just a lot of fun to help them through that process, navigating all the ins and outs of buying a home um, and just being there for them. Right. Right. So you came on board with us in 2019. It was January 2019. That's yep. right. Yes. And uh, you had a little bit of real estate experience before that with a property management company. Yep. What's the difference between sales and management? So many differences. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really enjoy the buying and selling of real estate. Yeah. Um, with property management, it's a lot different. You're kind of a middleman for the owners of the property and the uh, renters that you're serving. So sure. it's kind of a whole different ballpark. So Right. Well, I'm so glad you came on board. I think we were introduced from a mutual friend, and uh, and you actually sought me out. You said you wanted to work for me. I did. I remember that. And at that time, I wasn't really hiring, but then we had an opening very quickly after that, and <laughs> it was a good decision to bring you on board. So yes. welcome, Zena. Well, wanted to introduce the listeners to you because if they call our office, and especially if they're working on listing their house, they're going to probably meet you, and, and, and you work with a lot of buyers as well. And today, we're going to jump into a report that came out from the Lynchburg Association of Realtors. I've shared before that all real estate is local. Every month, the National Association of Realtors puts out a report 
And by the way, for the first time ever, the national average sales price went north of $300,000 recently. But Lynchburg numbers and stats is what we are focused on with this local emphasis. So while this show might get a little bit numbery, Zena and I want to bring some perspective and tell a few stories around these statistics. So, so here they are. So the key statistics, key takeaways from this report that was put out for the third quarter is in the Lynchburg region, economic conditions improved in the third quarter with the regional unemployment rate falling steadily. Consumer confidence in the economy plummeted in August, but it rebounded again in September. Mortgage rates remained at historically low levels throughout the third quarter. Rates will likely remain low well into 2021. In fact, the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage for the third quarter, this was as of the second week of October, was 2.81%. For the housing market conditions, sales surged this summer from the LAR, that's the Lynchburg Association of Realtors, footprint. There were over 1,200 sales during the third quarter, so that's that's 300 a month. There was a 22% increase from last year. The median sales price increased during the third quarter. And if you look at the third quarter 2020 versus third quarter 2019, this sounds crazy, but it was 15% higher. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then the supply shortage continues to get worse in the Lynchburg area. There were 643 active listings at the end of the third quarter, which was a 46% drop from the year before in the third quarter. And I can say this week, as of Friday, there were only 356 single-family homes. These statistics um, include the townhomes and condos, but for single-family homes, only 356 were on the market, and that's in Lynchburg, Bedford, Amherst, and Campbell counties. So, Zine, I'm curious, as you kind of look at these reports, we talked about this in our office earlier, what's some of the things that come to mind when you are when you see this? Because you, you're in the business, you're working with buyers and sellers all, all the time. What kind of is going through your mind as you look at these reports from the Lynchburg Association? Yeah, I think it's time for people to buy and sell houses. <laughs> it's a great time for sellers because the purchase price is probably going to be exactly where you want it to be for your home. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great time for buyers because that interest rate is the best it's been in a while. Um, and we're hoping that it stays that way well into 2021. So I think that there is big advantages for either side. Um, yeah, yeah. It, that's absolutely the case. Sometimes people get really hung up on the purchase price and and I, I also want to make sure our clients get a good price on their home. And they don't overpay. But at the end of the day, and I've talked about this in the past, we, we live in the payment. You know, it only matters what you pay for your house the day you buy it and the day you sell it. When the first of the month comes around, you're, 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 what's on your mind is what that mortgage payment is. So whether it's $600 or whether it's $2,200, live within your budget. But the purchase price of a house, prices are going up. But the payment is really what matters at the end of the day. Unless you're paying cash or you're an investor, at that point it becomes very important. But, but for the most part, for the home buyers, um, be, even though prices are up, the, the, the actual the, the housing affordability index is actually really, really good right now. So you say it's a good time to sell. You've, we've seen some things happen in our office recently with some sellers. Um, this is a crazy statistic to me, but I did verify all of this that – the percent change in the median sales price in the Lynchburg Association region went up 15%. And, and simultaneous with that, there was a jump in the actual sales as well. Uh, third quarter sales going back to like 2017, 2018, 2019, it was always between 940 and 990 or so. I mean, that was kind of the number. And this year, there was 1,213 homes that actually sold. But the most surprising thing is that price point went up 15%. Yeah. 
What do you think about that, Zena? Isn't that crazy? It is. It's very crazy. So I, I think that that price jump is going to be unsustainable for our market to continue to go up that much. And the reason I say that is wages aren't going up 15% in Lynchburg. But we were in a little bit of a lag. If you look at uh, what's called the Housing Affordability Index, the Housing Affordability Index for South Central Virginia, we were the most affordable area in, in almost the entire state. Um, there's a few areas that are a little bit more, but as far as a metro area with more than 50,000 people, we're still the lowest and the most affordable. I wanted to kind of break out a little bit by county. This report does a good job of breaking out by county. So you might be in the city, you might be in the county. Amherst County saw sales activity continue to surge. There were 24% increase of sales in the third quarter versus the third quarter of 2019. Bedford County saw a 32% gain in the amount of sales. Campbell County, for four straight quarters, has, an, has had an increase, a 14% increase there. And Lynchburg City saw an 18% jump in the number of sales. And when you look at the third quarter median sales price, and just so you guys know, the median sales price in third quarter 2019 was 187000 Today it's 214,950, or as of third quarter, 214,950. So we, we jumped above 200,000 for the first time ever in this area. And just by price, Amherst County rose up 11% uh, to 179,950. So right at that 180 number. Bedford County jumped the highest. Bedford County is the highest priced uh, county on the median level. It was 262, which was a 5% uh, increase. Campbell County went up to 2047. That was an 11% increase. And Lynchburg City, this is the big surprise. Lynchburg City rose 14% to 180,000, which is a $22,000 gain for the city. Um, Zena, sometimes we have buyers that say they don't want to be in certain locations. And sometimes there's a valid reason they want to be in a specific school district. But we do hear sometimes buyers saying, hey, I don't want to be in the city because of the higher taxes. But the advantage of living in the city is you get street lights, you get trash mm -hmm. pickup, a tree branch falls, you can take it to the street. Yep, and brush collection. Yes, <laughs> yes. Sometimes it'll slow to get there, but they're going to get there. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then EMS services, I think, is a huge thing. Uh, you know, if you dial nine one one, the city's goal is to be there within six minutes, mm -hmm. and the counties don't offer that. Uh, some of them are great, but but the, and and they work very hard. But the reality is, there are some advantages infrastructure wise of being in the city. And then the other argument I hear sometimes is, well, the houses in the city don't go up in value. And clearly, we've seen that's just not the truth because just in the last 12 months, uh, Lynchburg City values on the median level went up 14%. I also would, would be quick to point out as a real estate professional that that doesn't necessarily mean every house went up that much. That's the median number. And it's, the, it's kind of the, the concept of the rising tide rises the ships type of thing. But on average, that is going up. Some homes have gone up more than that, and others have less than that. Um, we talked a few weeks ago, Zena, about how to sell your house for more dollars. And I wouldn't mind you just touching on that. You see all the photographs. You, you process all the listings that we have. If, if you're a seller today and you're just trying to maximize how you can get that 14% and just ride that rising tide right now, what would be a couple of tips you would give to sellers to say, hey, look, let's make sure we get the maximum dollar we can to, 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 create, to jump on this bandwagon of, of rising prices right now? Sure. I I know tidiness goes a long way, yeah. <laughs> um, especially 
when you're getting your pictures taken, just have your house nice and tidy without clutter around. It mm -hmm. just makes a big difference when the photographs are taken and put online. Mm -hmm. um, but then come time for showings, people understand if you're still living in the house, it is a lived-in home. So don't don't strive for perfection. Right. <laughs> um, so right. that is a key thing. Um, and I think just just little things, keeping it clean. Yep. Um, Small maintenance items, you know, just looking at the details, and that'll go a long way when somebody is looking at the home. There's no doubt. And it makes a huge difference uh, if you have a clean house versus a home that's not clean. Yeah. I wanted to just touch on one more thing in this report that I just found fascinating, and that is the average days on the market. And so what happened was in Greater Lynchburg is that homes are continuing to sell faster on average than we've ever seen. And if you look at all of the houses, which includes townhomes and condos and the single-family homes. The days on market last year in 2019 was 53 days, but the 2020 number, it dropped down to 48 days. However, that's, that's what the average days are, and some of these homes are on the market right now aren't actually built, and so you'll see some numbers skewing things a little bit. You'll see a townhome complex that's listed, but they're not going to be built for another 90 to 180 days, so it, there's a lag time there. I looked just for fun breaking out the single-family homes, and the single-family homes average was 38 days. But a fascinating number is the median days on the market. So if you just break out the average, let's look at the median. So half are selling for more, half are selling for less. The median days on market in the third quarter was actually 10 days on the market. And that's for Amherst, Bedford, Campbell, and Lynchburg. So the median number was 10 days. And that just blows me away because I've just never seen anything like that here in Lynchburg. Mm -hmm. I believe it, though. I know when listings go live, the properties get a lot of activity right now. So things are going very quickly. Yeah, we, we've had we've had a number of homes, even, even higher-priced homes where we've had multiple offers. Um, we actually sold a few houses yeah, literally before they even went on the market. We just happened to have the right buyer for the house. And, you know, sometimes a seller says, hey, I'm thinking about selling, but they don't really want to expose it to the market. And so we've been in those situations where, hey, you know what, we might have a buyer here. And uh, we've been able to put a few of those deals together and, and they never hit the market. And it's kind of the, the impact and the value of having um, a connected uh, relationship know, having an agent who's on your side who has a lot of relationships and a lot of connections. And that's one of the things we can provide for our clients. But we, um, when we listed a few of these houses, like it's been amazing to see just how quickly the phone will ring. You'll hit the live button and sometimes with, literally within just a minute or two, your phone is ringing. Yes. Even this week, um, we had a sign put out before we had it live just by a couple hours. And we were getting phone call after phone call just because of people seeing the sign in the mm. yard. And then by that afternoon, we had it live and it was just one showing after another. So it's, it's great yeah. to see the interest. Yeah. So again, the housing conditions overall, and this is what this third quarter report shows, is that there's only there's a very few homes on the market again right now, or at least as of Friday of this week, there was less than 360 single-family homes on the market. And by the way, there's there's about uh, just under 500. It was 490 pending sales. So if you make the assumption those close out in the next 60 days, the market's selling about 250 homes a month right now. So 250, if you divide that into the 360 homes currently on the market, that gives us for single-family homes less than a month and a half of housing supply. And any time that we have less than five and a half or so, six months of housing supply, that's sort of the benchmark between a buyer's market and a seller's market. So we are definitely in a seller's market right now. 
You know, we had a couple questions too this week asking about the election results and Looks like we're going to have a change in administration come January. That's, you know, obviously that's still a little bit up in the air, but should is that going to affect the housing market? And and I've had that question asked a lot in the last month and it's on people's minds. And I will just continue to go back to what the housing data is. And I know this, this housing market, this these statistics we just gave it, have given, those don't change quickly. So I think that we are in a housing shortage uh, for at least the next year and a half. I just don't see how that's going to change. And Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Lynchburg is in a housing shortage for the next three or four years. So I think we'll see continued pressure on prices to rise. I think that buyers are going to be competing with other buyers for houses. And I think, I hate that term new normal, but I think this is the new normal for a while, for a while. Any perspective on that? Anything you would add to that? I think you summed it up greatly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about what to do when the home inspection report is not what you expect. We are back with the Carl Miller Show. I'm your host, Carl Miller, broker of Carl Miller Realty, LLC. And we are joined in studio with Zena King, the listing coordinator and license agent at Carl Miller Realty. And we're talking about the home inspection report process. Before we get into this, though, I want to take a few minutes and encourage you to take a very important action step for yourself and your family this month, this weekend, and, and certainly before the holidays. As you know, we had a lot of heavy rain this week. And on Wednesday, I was in an accident that totaled my new-to-me 2015 SUV. I was driving west on a two-lane road in Amherst County, heading to a rental property that was taking in some water. And I was fully engaged in driving. I wasn't on my phone or anything like that, running about 45, 50 miles an hour on a 55-mile-an-hour road. And I hydroplaned. I hit a puddle of water. And uh, instantly, after hitting about two or three inches of standing water, that was about 10 feet across. It was a stream crossing the road. You know, normally when this happens, your car quickly regains control. But not this time. And almost instantly, my car rotated 180 degrees, and I was skidding backwards. Uh, toward, towards the on the incoming traffic lane. Fortunately, no cars were coming. And um, ended up in the shoulder, ping-ponged off of a couple of trees. And long story short, I ended up in a creek bed. And uh, all my curtain bags, the airbags deployed, and there was water coming in my driver's door when I came to a standing halt here. I was very thankful I didn't flip over, actually. Uh, thank God I had no passengers. There was nobody coming my way. But as I sat there after the accident, my heart rate was going like 90 miles an hour. I couldn't find my phone. Uh, it had flown out. I have a little mount on my dash Zena and it popped off so I couldn't find my phone I thought it was in the water I'm trying to find it and about that time somebody opened the doors kind gentleman thank you I don't I didn't get your name I don't know who you were mister but I appreciate you helping me out uh, I'm fine today I besides some stiff muscles and everything but I'm just very thankful this day to be healthy and alive and want to encourage you to remember that life health and your priorities this weekend and your schedule can change in an instant when accidents happen nobody wakes up with the intent to have an event like this occur in their life so Here's my encouragement to you. If you have not reviewed your insurance policy, your will, your life insurance, or worse yet, set these three important documents up in your life, do it. Do it now. Uh, Thankfully, I just reviewed and updated some of the documents with my local insurance agent, and he was fantastic. He called several times to check up on me, and even though my car's totaled, I'm being very well taken care of. Hopefully, you or your family will never need these things, but if they do, your family will thank you for doing this. And so I had to make that call, Zena, to my wife while I was out of the out of the uh, car, the car that no woman or no spouse, I shouldn't say wife, I mean, no spouse ever wants to hear. And and uh, she came out and helped me out. But uh, it was kind of a scary day Wednesday. Yeah. You found out too. Yes, I did. I sent you texts with pictures. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, I, I uh, was pretty sore that night, but uh, for, I'm fine. Everything got checked out great. 
And uh, but again, don't don't put off checking those important documents. And I know it's a hassle, but do it today, do it this weekend, and certainly do it before the holidays because if you need it, uh, you'll be very thankful you did. So I want to talk about home inspections a little bit. You know, one of the transactional processes almost always involve a home inspection and a home purchase or a home sale. And there's an independent third-party inspector comes out and evaluates the house and provides a written report. And at the end of this report, buyers should know three things. Number one, what is right about the house? You know, what are the strengths of the house? Number two is maintenance issues to be aware of. And thirdly, right now, issues that need to be aware of or, or maybe repairs that need to be made. And so, Zena, you get to see a lot of these reports, both for the sellers and for the buyers. Any of the common threads or common issues you see just over and over again in these reports, what do you kind of see commonly on these reports? That I am trying to remember. I don't think I have seen one report yet that doesn't have some form of an electrical item on there. That's true. Um, that is a very yeah. common right. thing that I see on reports and something that is important to fix because it could be a hazard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th I think that's the main one. And then, of course, just standard if yeah. if maybe a heat pump system or water heater is old, you see things like that being mentioned. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and sometimes these older houses are missing a handrail here or there, or you have steps going down the back deck that don't have risers, you know, backs on the back, back of the steps. So I think sometimes there's a little bit of a misunderstanding about what a buyer can contractually ask for. And, and just three quick points today. Number one, the home inspection, the repair request or the repair summary of a home inspection report, it's not necessarily designed to be a maintenance repair punch list for the seller. So that's number one. Number two, it, that grandfathered in systems are not required to be remediated by the contract terms. Uh, our, our purchase agreements very specifically state that items that would deem to be grandfathered in shall not be required to be remediated. A buyer can ask, but a seller certainly doesn't need to do it. And third, find ways to negotiate your way to a satisfaction with the other party, whether you're the seller or the buyer, you know, just look to find ways to come to a win-win solution. Sometimes these repair reports come across our desk and they literally, the agent just literally copies and pastes the summary of the report into a document and, and, and there's not even really an action step required. It's just simply a punch list without any real clear direction of what their expectation is for the seller. Have you seen that recently at all? I, we had one a while back. Not recently, but I have seen it before. It's, it's just, it's interesting. It's a little frustrating to a seller. Yeah. And when that happens, this is really a surefire way to upset the counterpart in the transaction. And in this case, it's going to be the seller. And, and it just starts negotiations and repairs off on the wrong foot. And I, I just tell buyers, look, let, let's identify and request the repairs that are the main thing. So for example, if the roof is leaking, that, that's a big deal. Like, Nobody mm -hmm. should be buying a house with a leaking roof unless it's a complete fix-up or flip-type house. You know, if the HVAC system is not properly putting out the, the correct temperature of heat or the air conditioning, that, that's a big deal. Or if there's an electrical hazard, like you already alluded to, Zena, mm -hmm. you know, th those, those things are the items that should be prioritized with your agent. And keep in mind, if a system is working, just because it is old does not mean it must be replaced. The, the contract and the appraiser and the seller will only need to ensure that things are in working order, not that they are necessarily brand new. So leading to that second point, grandfathered in systems are not a contractual obligation for a seller to upgrade. Uh, the purchase agreement specifically excludes those items. What is grandfathered in the system, you might, you might ask, what is grandfathered? Well, examples like we talked about is, you know, the deck step risers that are open on the backside. Code today requires those to be closed off, but in 1995, they were not required. Uh, in 1956, homes were rewired without the three-prong outlets, you know, the three-prong grounded outlets. And uh, nothing requires a seller to bring those up to today's electrical code even though it's not a bad idea, especially to plug in where your TV is or your refrigerator is, 
uh, ungrounded outlets. Um, as you know, Zena, you, you're married to an electrician. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, those, those won't trip if a, a lightning strike happens and they're not properly grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably have a lot of experience with electrical just by virtue of the fact that you're living with an electrician. I hear a lot of things. <laughs> I bet you do. Oh, I bet, I, bet, I bet your husband has some fantastic stories. He does, yes. And he does a wonderful job for electrical, but yeah, I love him very much. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it is important if there is an electrical hazard that the case is made to the seller that, look, th- this is an electrical hazard. We need this repaired. But if you're a buyer and you're in a situation where there's maybe 10 or 12 little bullet points on the home inspection report, some of them are maintenance items, and it could be something as simple as the inspector recommends that you, you know, divert your downspouts away from the house, you know, using a pipe to get the water away from the foundation. Great. That's more of a maintenance issue or a, or a, um, or a recommendation. That's not necessarily something that a seller is, has to do. So keep the main things the main things. And some repairs are very inexpensive. Don't get too hung up on the $5 punch list items, but do get hung up on the safety issues. Get hung up on anything that's um, a major issue or that's broken. And, and the third thing when you're working through what you want to ask for, if you're a buyer, is to use your agent to negotiate satisfactory terms for you. And I'll say this, at the end of the day, if you're not completely satisfied with or comfortable with the house after the inspection findings. And if a seller is unwilling to meet your needs, you do have the right to walk away. That's why we do inspections because we're we're here to uncover things that we can't see on the surface or just walking through casually. So be willing though, in in the same breath, be willing though to focus on the things that are changeable and that can make the house a home and be safe for you. And, and engage and focus on the solutions instead of the problems, because most of these things can be repaired. You, you already knew when you bought the house what the architectural style was. You already knew what the age was. You already knew the location. So focus on those changeables. And most times, those things can be repaired with a little time and money. And be willing to also consider a cash credit. A lot of sellers right now don't have time to actually make the repairs or the contractor that they want to hire to do the repairs. Uh, the contractors are pretty booked up right now, and some of them are out couple of months or yeah. more. Most are out a couple of Most, months from my experience. <laughs> the good ones are out several months. A lot yeah. of them are. Um, and by the way, listeners, if you know a good contractor or handyman who's looking for work, who's good, <laughs> I'm never too busy for those referrals because we have buyers and sellers that need them all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know, buying a home, home almost always involves a few bumps in the road. And just go in with a creative and a win-win mindset. And remember, remember the two parties in the transaction, the seller and the buyer, both have the same goal. The seller wants to sell. The buyer wants to buy and work towards finding a solution that accomplishes that goal, but be willing to walk away if the counterpart does not work towards a satisfactory solution to the problem. So that's my advice on inspections. Anything to add to that, Zena? Um, I think it's important to uh, remember that there's more than just items on this list. There are emotions involved for uh, both a, the buyer and the seller. It's a great um, And I think that that's an important portion of this negotiation to remember uh, because you certainly don't want to offend or hurt the seller and the request you're making um, and vice versa. So I think it's important to consider where the other person is when you're making these requests because ultimately you do want a result that's satisfactory to you, um, but there are proper ways to go about getting that. <laughs> well said, Zena. We're going to hit our bizarre real estate fact of the week. And now the bizarre real estate fact of the week. In India, a wealthy homeowner built himself a 27-story home with six floors used just for parking. 
400,000 square feet for living space, it takes a household staff of 600 people to keep it running. By contrast, the smallest house in Great Britain may have led the way for today's tiny house trend. It measures a cozy 10 feet by 6 feet, according to the 6 foot 3 homeowner. Can you imagine? That's, I could not. That's <laughs> camping. That's terrible. I can't imagine more than a day. Anyway. <laughs> All right. If you have real estate questions you want answered on the air, send your questions to radio at carlmillerteam.com or to any of our social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in to The Carl Miller Show, your local, caring, competent, and trusted advisor for all things real estate. A special thank you to our sponsor this month, Central Virginia Flooring. If you need new flooring, check out their warehouse Monday through Friday or weekends by appointment. Have a great week and see you next Saturday for another morning of The Carl Miller Show.